Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I'm Adam Nicholas. And as we say at the beginning of this show all the time, call us the front of the plane <laughs> because we are all business to begin with. As always, follow us on social media. You can find at Podcast Horseman on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to everybody who's followed and liked and shared so far. Michael, when it comes to anything podcast-related, where can they find us? They can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. They can find us on Acast. They can even find the podcast embedded on the tweets at Podcast Horseman. We are now on Podbean, so please check us out on there. And later on in the show, we will be inducting the latest member from a five-star review into the Hollywood Talk of Fame. Lovely stuff. Okay, so let's start with the Netflix synopsis. This is Season 1, Episode 9, Horse Majeure. A love-struck Bojack tries to sabotage a wedding. Todd accepts a surprising new professional role. Yeah, and this picks up exactly where we left off last week. There was a very... Normally we talk about a cold open. Last week was a cold ending. Bojack kissed Diane on the way back from uh, seeing her because I was possibly for the last time as far as he was concerned and he kind of took a bit of a leap of faith, kissed her and then everything went quiet. Everything went silent and everything went black in our lives. So we returned to them there in the car um, deciding whether or not to talk about it and they very tenuously agreed to just be friends. They're friends, they're friends. They both say it so much it immediately becomes a Bojack stand-up routine where it's like, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? It's such a level of clarification just to try and be friends that it is clear that everything is absolutely not fine between the two of them. It was arid which as Bojack describes is much like the atmosphere in the car and much like the atmosphere in LA, which uh, we find out that Diane is going to be getting married in Nantucket uh, about a year away. So she's obviously already built up a bit of a distance between the time she wants to get married to Mr. Peanut Butter, but will this change everything? We will see. She, uh, the awkwardness is too much for it to bear. She gets out of the car. She says, sorry, I can walk from here. They're in the middle of a highway. Uh, four lanes. She runs through traffic just to escape this horrendously awkward situation. Bojack takes a quick breath, shouts to Todd in the back seat, which again is a reveal of a joke from last week that he just doesn't care that Todd, this childlike figure, is in the back. Yeah. Todd, we got to stop this wedding. And it's at that moment that he realizes that he's been left for dead flat out in Herb Kazaz's front garden, exactly where they left him when they sped away. There is a, a flailing arm as Todd lays flat. That is the only way I can think to describe it because we talk so much about Bojack, like ascending beyond cartoon status to just be in a television show that happens to feature animated characters. That is cartoonish comedy in the extreme 
in a way that Bojack can, but so rarely does deploy. So when you get one, it's such a gift. Anyway, long story short, he was at least fine. The episode starts proper with a title card that comes up saying Sunday straight away. So we know this is going to feature a particular period of time of which we don't yet know. Uh, but Bojack and Todd are in a bar uh, with a top secret war plan in front of them with which is going to be to stop Diane's wedding. You can see the little toy soldiers out again, exactly like we saw with Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter yeah. when it was trying to replace the D. Um, Princess Carolyn rocks up at the bar having been woken up by a very obnoxious call by Bojack earlier on just to say to come on down he was basically ringing her for sex but she wanted absolutely nothing to do with him uh, she's come down to make a night of it rather than to make a night with Bojack and in doing so she finds herself at the bar uh, and she meets a man who wants to buy her a drink but we will learn more about that adult man later on in the episode <laughs> well this is the thing about this episode you see so the the episode follows a, a unique path for Bojack so far where it's something happens every day in a week-long period but something happens to all of the characters differently and then all converges at the end so we're going to do classic Bojack and see what happened in his week and then flesh that out with the details of what was happening with the ancillary characters after the fact so yes, that's what we know so far with Bojack is that he needs Todd to try and help cancel this wedding. Monday finds Bojack and Todd staking out Mr. Peanut Butter's mansion. Uh, <laughs> Bojack explains it's a 12-point master plan. Breaking and entering is the least illegal bit. <laughs> so Todd is left really stressed by that. But it's really funny because we see a little moment of Todd sneaking into the window. Uh, over top, we hear Bojack's uh, like narration of the plan. Step one, enter the study. Todd enters the study and immediately smashes a glass table underneath the window, tries to cover it with a, a wall hanging of Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Um, so already he's the worst criminal in Hollywood. In a lovely little throwaway gag, much like we've seen on Bojack before, where often you think the big build is going to lead to something big, it instead completely subverts your expectations. As Bojack is literally describing step two in a headset in his ear, plant incriminated evidence... Mr. Peanut Butter interrupts Todd at the desk. <laughs> so <laughs> stages three through to 12 are never enacted in this moment because Todd has been rumbled, caught red-handed by Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, <laughs> Bojack screams at this point, take the cyanide, Todd, take the cyanide, because <laughs> I should point out that he's been given these various incriminating objects with which to go into Mr. Peanut Butter's house. One of them includes a cyanide pill to take should things go <laughs> south, and they've gone south within about 60 seconds. Oh, God. Um, there's a lovely cut to gag here, whereas we're yet to find out what Todd's fate is going to be as Mr. Peanut Butter has caught him. We cut to Bojack. Jack in Mr. Peanut Butter's garden trying to do a vertical leap over his very high mansion wall and he can't even get near it. He cannot get near it. It's just that I've seen gifs of this where it's just been put on a loop and Bojack's just continuously trying to get over <laughs> because it's so far away. It's so unfeasible. Um, back to the office where Mr. Peanut Butter is there with Todd. He thinks that Todd is there to interview to be his driver, which he exclaims, which he hadn't even posted the advert yet. It must be <laughs> destiny. <laughs> Bless the pair of them. Um, so yeah, they're going on and have their chat. We'll find out more about how that interview got on later on. But Bojack, meanwhile, is back at house. Bored, assumes Dodd is, Todd is dead from the cyanide pill that he took because he's just abandoned him. He did get over the wall. He crushed a car in the process and just ran away from the scene of the crime. So he's theoretically left his best friend for dead. He again rings Princess Carolyn for sex, but she is having lunch with Vincent Adultman, a man she met in the bar. But Adam Nicholas, more on him. Oh, later. you tease. Uh, you tease. Continuously sort of questions the legitimacy of her new boyfriend shall we say mm. but more on him later todd arrives home from his meeting so with mr right Butter and notes that he's got this job as a driver uh bojack immediately snaps into a full film villain grabs him by the scruff of the neck and ends this quite evil tirade with and once you zero in on his achilles heel we will take him down down todd Genuinely pleased to have gotten a job and made a friend, simply responds with, hooray, betrayal. betrayal? <laughs> He's heartbroken by he this. Is. 
we haven't had this in a couple of weeks, but this is definitely one of those episodes again where you have Bojack and you have peanut butter and they are the same specimens, not as animals, we have a horse and a dog, but they're the same specimens on opposite sides of the track. One is living a very positive and wholesome life. One is living a negative life. Ultimately, they find themselves at a lot of the same crossroads, but it's how they deal with them mm. that takes them back in opposing directions. Very much so. In this case, it's how they interact with Todd. Bojack, yet again, is kind of just day-to-day -day abusive of Todd. Mr. Peanut Butter is so stupid that he doesn't even know that Todd was trying to <laughs> infiltrate him <laughs> and has given him a job off the back of it. Mm. This takes us to Tuesday, the, uh, the third day in Bojack's week. Diane shows up at Bojack's house. She's 30 minutes late, but reveals that it's because she's been sitting in the car. She obviously didn't want to confront the situation still. she uh, Before they can really get too close or get into anything, she tells Bojack that she's got enough notes to write the book. Bojack kind of fakes that he's fine with it and just says that he'll see her around. He's obviously desperately trying to play her down. He knows what the situation is mm. here. He knows that Diane doesn't want anything to do with it. But Diane is not fake. We get this quite a lot. She is a diamond in the rough in Hollywood. And she simply says, why do you have to make things weird, Bojack? There's, again, a really lovely moment that it doesn't ask you to invest in these Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they, long-term payoffs for like romantic situations that would otherwise be not really played for that in real life. Diane just fronts up to him about it because that's the type of person she is. And it's not just refreshing for the show as a viewer. It's very consistent with her character. She leaves and so, and Bojack kind of questions to himself, I made things weird. Uh, did you take this as an, that if he was surprised or was he in denial that he made things weird with a kiss? Uh, a bit of both. I think mm. a little bit of both because he's so wrapped up in himself that maybe he just couldn't see between the blade line he created, I think, perhaps. Yeah, it's he's desperately disappointed with mm. how things have turned yeah. out. But it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. And he's going to try and just make the best he's of it. And try. Blanket and Put the spin. Put the Hollywood spin on it Hollywood and see spin. what happens. Squash those emotions. So it's the end of this long day for all the characters. Uh, Todd has been Mr. Peanut Butter's driver for a day. And he's relaying some very dull chats with Bojack about sticks that he's been having with Mr. Peanut Butter. Bojack is still drilling him for some magic piece of information that he can possibly derive to try and ruin this wedding. He's looking for every tiny detail. He says to Todd, give me something I can use to make them call off their wedding. And then Todd just exclaims, oh, I did not tell you, they've called off the wedding. Bojack is absolutely thrilled. He's so thrilled, he shocks Todd. Todd spills crisps everywhere because Bojack's so happy. And then Todd reveals the end of his sentence, which is, yeah, they're doing it here next month. So Bojack's gone from having a year in Nantucket to fix it to having a month, and it's actually going to take place in LA. Um, those dropped crisps aren't by accident, though. Todd goes reaching mm. down. Todd's so lovely, isn't he? He wants to just keep the place he clean. He so lovely. You know, he goes under the sofa to reach... Clean up, for yeah. Todd. Todd, he very nice. He goes right. and he uh, he goes looking for the crisps that he's dropped, and he's reaching under the sofa, and it's here that we see in focus the uh, the receipt from Beast Buy, oh. where Bojack bought the game that ultimately fed Todd's addiction when he was in the middle of doing the rock opera several episodes ago, crushed Todd's dream, and he orchestrated the entire thing to make it happen, and that receipt has been there ever since. Well, if you were paying attention right before this moment actually comes, it's just lovely and set out that the little receipt is just sticking out at the bottom of the settee there. You weren't sure, or couch for our American listeners, it's just sitting there waiting. You weren't sure if they were going to actually use it, and then sure enough, there he is trying to grab it. Oh, painstakingly close, but something else well, is right next to it. Yeah, we see him grab a piece of paper, and the camera pulls back, and we all assume that this is to be the moment where he finds <clears> this smoking gun. But it instead is just a jury duty summons for Bojack to attend mm. court. Bojack rereads it and uh, sees that it's a Friday. So simply exclaims, that's a problem for Friday, Bojack, which <laughs> is brilliantly short-sighted, playing into the fact that he's just lost 11 months with yeah. which to do something in this so-called evil scheme. He is no evil genius. He is no criminal mastermind to the point where he won't even consider a Friday problem when it's already Tuesday. And because of the way the format of the episode has been so far, 
we know we're going to get that payoff sooner rather than later. <laughs> it's a nice gift in advance of it actually happening, isn't it? Um, again, title card, Wednesday. Bojack is back in a diner with character actress Margot Martindale. There she She's is. back after her plan in his last evil scheme. He's got another one for her. He's asking her to help stage a bank robbery. Why is it always violent crimes with always. Bojack's plans? Um, he sells her on it based on the fact that she's, you know, getting a bit bored of Hollywood and television. This is going to be a real character act piece. This is exactly who you are, Margaret Martindale. It's going to be like street theatre. They reminisce about a night together in a sweat lodge in a desert, which <laughs> is not mentioned any other time no, in this episode, it but it paints quite a horrific picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Thursday and they're in the bank where there's going to be this bank job that has been set up. Bojack is there waiting patiently and sure enough, Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane arrive. Would you credit that? What a coincidence. So they arrive in the bank and then before really anything else can go on, as if Bojack has had her waiting there all day for this eventuality, Margot Martindale storms in with an AK-47, <laughs> immediately holds up a woman for an engagement ring, at which point Bojack has to be like, <clears throat> other woman, because she's got the gun pointed at yeah, another customer the in the woman. bank. She holds the AK-47 AK to Diane and insists on stealing the engagement ring. Obviously, everybody is scared. They don't know it's Margot. They don't know it's Well, not, not to do a disservice to the fact she's rocking a big old balaclava as well. <laughs> she is masked, yes. Sorry, she I should point out. Of course. She has obscured masked her. Margot. She, you know, she's a, she's a much beloved character actress. She's fantastic. She's she knows get, how to play a robber. She's getting into the part. <laughs> Um, but before everybody's dead, um, she there's a lovely moment where Diane doesn't want to give her the engagement ring and peanut butter simply says, just give it over. It's just a ring. And then in character, Morgan Martindale then explains over a course of long dialogue, very well-practiced dialogue, that if he doesn't care as much about a ring, then surely how can he care about you? Bojack, the concerned bystander, piles on with this as well. Oh, this couldn't feel more staged and stupid and silly. <laughs> and it again plays to how this show deals wonderfully with exposition. It never patronizes you with no. the plot. And um, Bojack's little contributions here are actually brilliant. Like little tiny flecks of comedy thrown in here during what is obviously the most ridiculously staged robbery in history. Peter Butter and Diane genuinely afraid. The AK-47, very real. Bojack saying, that terrifying bank robber is making some very cogent points. <laughs> Anyway, Mr. Peanut Butter's sentiment is so powerful that it actually overwhelms Diane. It makes mm. her more in love with him than she was before. She realizes that life is too short. Why wait? Let's get married Saturday. So the wedding that started a year ago at the start of the episode was expedited to a month and has now been expedited to Saturday, all because Bojack's a goddamn clown he's and he's making things far yeah. worse for himself. Margaret Martindale is so moved by this that she gives the ring back <laughs> and gives him the blessing. Uh, Bojack at this point has seen his plan stagger off the rails just simply asks what's happened here and as Margaret Martindale through tears says something truly beautiful she gets obliterated violently by a SWAT team (laughs) full of weapons and fury you hear Margaret Martindale getting decked off screen brilliant Uh, another plan gone horribly wrong for Bojack he uh we see later on in the day, he turns up at a very hastily uh, arranged celebratory drinks evening for uh, Peanut Butter and Diane. We'll get into the details of that a little bit later on. Um, but he gets a little bit cross with Todd because Todd has befriended uh, Princess Carolyn's new boyfriend. We've heard a lot about this guy so far, haven't we? And Bojack is not a fan. wonder why that could be. He seems all right to me. He seems like a pretty sound adult man. We'll talk about him a bit later. I hate you uh, so much. Bojack <laughs> takes, he takes the mic away from Peanut Butter and Diane during some toasts. <laughs> Uh, and then kindly, or not so kindly, offers the restaurant Elefante as the venue. Mm. It's kind of his last, the like, one last, his chance. hail mary yeah. at trying to disrupt this wedding. Uh, 
Peanut Butter is absolutely thrilled, obviously, not seeing anything but the nice gesture in front of him. Diane is wary, and obviously very right to be, but ultimately it all gets agreed because everything moves too fast for anyone to do anything about it. Um, he goes immediately back to Todd and says, this is perfect for sabotage. So he's not lost any of that criminal mastermind in his own mind, but he's doing absolutely nothing right here. He's never spotted that the deadline <laughs> is getting repeatedly shorter. The plans are getting more elaborate, getting despite the fact that they're not working. Nope. And all he thinks he's so tunnel visioned that all he can think is, well, eventually this will come off. It has to, because in his mind, there's no other way for this to go. But he's like, at this point, he's like, oh, and three yeah. plans. <laughs> like even in previous episodes, when he tries to do the whole D thing, it doesn't really work mm. out for him the way he wanted to. Anyway, they might execute the plan properly, but it doesn't actually work out the way he sees it. There's perhaps a comment again that we often talk about like um, gender power dynamics in Hollywood. Mm. There's something probably to be said for a man or a male in Bojack's case that was so successful and powerful in the 90s, believing that he would still pretty much just get what he wants as and when he wants it. So we've seen him here twice, like just proposition Princess Carolyn rather heartlessly and it not turn out. Mm. And here he's coming up with all these plans because he just believes he deserves Diane's heart, even though she's committed it to somebody yep. else. Is there something to that, that of a previous generation, <laughs> he would have just got his way without half the effort? I think there's a bit of that. And I also think it's, as a kind of a little nod, yeah, to sitcoms in general, isn't there? Mm. A wacky plan that ends up just working because they need it to work for the sake of the story. Whereas his plans, literally so far, have all failed and miserably <laughs> to the point where they've actually ended up being counterproductive to what he's actually trying to achieve. And that's a great observation, particularly as well, because this show deals so well with Shades of Grey. You never, yeah. Bojack remains the protagonist, but you're not necessarily there to just sympathise wholly with him. No. In another show, you would be rooting for really quite a toxic fella who's trying to exert a bit of control over a woman's emotions to get the girl. That would have been the old-fashioned way it's done. Bojack doesn't ask that of it you at all. It would have been seen as such a romantic gesture. It, it treats these relationships as real and complex and full of a lot of mm. different conversations that he's had. Conversations over stupid, wacky cartoon schemes, basically. Yeah. Um, before we leave the bar, Princess Caroline just comes up to Bojack Horseman and admits that she's in love with this new boyfriend, Vincent, that she's made. Um, Bojack is incredulous. I wonder why that could possibly be. Uh, Princess Caroline simply says, we get it, you don't like him. Bojack replies, I'm not actually sure you do get it. I wonder what it is that they don't see that Bojack what, seems What could to it see. possibly what be at this point about be? this adult man? <laughs> <laughs> the payoff's going to be great, isn't it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd, meanwhile, has left the party to go and take a leak outside mm. and Mr. Peanut Butter confronts him. This appears to be the moment where he realises that, uh, that Todd is obviously divided loyalties. But in fact, no. Peanut Butter is having a, a moment of... Uh, doubt and concern about the wedding. It's gone so quick that now he has begun to doubt it. But it's so sweet of him. He never once doubted his love for Diane until she doubted the validity of their wedding. And that just speaks to how much he really loves her because he respects her opinion so much that, you know, it's it's basically had a small effect on him. Mm. But he's got these concerns. He's got these doubts. It puts Todd in a hell of a state, really, over what to do, whether or not to pass his information on to uh, Margot Martindale. So, uh, sorry, not to Margot Martindale, to Bojack Horseman. But it's when he's back at home and he sees Margot Martindale. He might have passed it on to Margot Martindale. You never know. He could well have done. Well, he sees Margot on the news. <laughs> the, uh, the story of her arrest is breaking <laughs> after he's gone home from the party. And then through an incredible long expositional moment about the decapitan their night that changed his life, basically. And he, ruined his life, to be truth be told. Yeah. He goes off on this wild tangent 
because he thinks about tape, he thinks about boxes, he thinks about cereal, he thinks about straws, he thinks about plant. And with an enormous police investigation reveal <laughs> that he's got all the, the wire style layout of all these sort of moving parts on the wall, he finally puts the pieces together, having seen Margaret Martindale as a regular fixture in Bojack's schemes, that she was involved in the last one. He takes the longest way around he can possibly take, yeah, which is, of course, absolutely hilarious. But we do get the end result of a Todd who has that eureka moment finally and realizes... Yeah. Maybe this guy isn't all we thought he was. The receipt all along, a brilliant red herring. <laughs> a red it's, herring. And even in figuring it out, Todd's done it the stupidest possible way. But it's fantastic that he's not even gone to the simplest method. I love that this, quite literally, the answer to all of this is under his nose. Like, if you were, literally where you pick him in that scene, and he has the eureka moment where he's had to plan it all out, directly in front of him, underneath <laughs> the city, is the receipt that would have completely ended all of this. And he had to go such a long way around. And again, much like the two birds who were trying to blackmail Bojack, mm. complete red herons, because ultimately we know that this show isn't like other shows. It makes you think one thing, leads you down the path of formula, and then completely switches it up. It deals with human beings even when it's yeah. dealing with animals, doesn't Absolutely. it? It's, there's a great bit of, just a lovely bit of character acting here from uh, Aaron Paul as well, because uh, the anger builds and builds and builds and builds, and he finally figures out that Bojack killed my rock opera. Oh, dude. And that second emotion that second release of the weight of the world dropping on him it's not one of anger it's todd doesn't want to carry that around he's a man too wise and too placid for that and it's a sadness rather than a rage do you know what i what really emphasized all of this right put the little exclamation mark at the end of all of it really like oh that sucks man like about three or four little bits of cereal just fall out of the box <laughs> that he's holding. And knowing Todd and how much he loves cereal, how much he eats on a regular basis, it's just, it's a weird little thing, but it punctuates the end of this so perfectly. They're like, oh man, he's like, he's deflated. He doesn't want to hate his mate for doing this thing, but he has to, and ultimately mm. he ends up spilling the cereal as well. And it just... It's for the worse, yeah. yeah. Eureka has only brought him some sadness and pain, hasn't it? Yeah. Rather than actually figuring something out for the greater mm. good. So yeah, Friday, the very next day, uh, Bojack, if you recall, had a problem for Friday, Bojack, and that was that he had to go to court. He got up, uh, he goes to speak to Todd, who is furious with him, but Bojack doesn't even spot it. All he's doing is thinking about himself. He's typically self-absorbed, and he has to go to court. He's in an extremely drab jury duty shift, uh, and through the passage of time, we see that he loses an entire day in court. The very last day of his planning uh, period in which he can try and break up his wedding, he loses sitting in court all day. If only he'd given that some thought earlier in the week. That is the whole of Friday through That's Bojack it. and through this episode. Gone. You had a day and you chose not to use Another it. Another red heron. You yeah. Think, oh, this is going to be such a crucial day. And they actually just skip over the whole day. It's just real life, isn't yeah. it? The admin, the, the drab admin and the difficulty and the awkwardness because it played through a long, out, a long drawn out scene in which a lawyer is failing to articulate his point rapidly enough for Bojack. So he's sitting there. Is he like a slow Loris or a sloth? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And he's very, everything he does is super slow, obviously, and just completely extends Bojack's <laughs> time and infuriates him while he's sat in the jury as that's well. What it's, that's what it's, it's meticulous to the point of fury, isn't yeah. it? To the point where Saturday morning he's still in court. We see again that it's, they're still having to deliberate. The defendant gets off, which again just feels like it was a, a giant waste of time for Bojack. Um, but while he's there, he bumps into Margot Martindale, who is wrapped in chains mm. and ready to go to prison for a very, very long time. She's pretty chilled about this. Um, she's already worked out how she's kind of going to become the boss in prison. And she tells you how she's going to do it, doesn't she, Michael? Because she's going to go into the prison. She's going to find the biggest, <laughs> nastiest woman in there. And she's going to bite a finger off. Nicholas, man, she's a character actor. <laughs> what character is this? A... I don't remember any characters like this. It's all she knows. Ah. It's uh... <laughs> Bojack is 
obviously somewhat relieved, but mm. not really that bothered of the dreadful plight that's about to befall Margot. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, he inadvertently admits that he's in love with Diane. Margot Martindale, much in the same way that she did out of Diane and Peanut Butter, has extracted like the purest yeah. human emotion. She is a phenomenal character actor. Is this is actress. not a gimmick. She does it even without realising that in the parts that she's picked to play, things tend not to go to plan. But in the meantime, people actually relate to her in a very real way. That's why she's as good and well-regarded as she is. I think so. And on top of that, I guess the timing's kind of just right, isn't it, for Bojack? Because time has run out, as mm. always with Bojack. Time has run out and he just kind of, he finally accepts it. I think he's not, he's just, instead of running away from it and trying to do something, pretend like he's, because he does he initially pitches it like he's trying to save his friend from making a mistake is how he pitches it. Yeah. And this is him accepting ultimately that, no, actually, I, I need to go and deal with this properly because this is how I feel. And this isn't what I've been saying it is this whole time. Well, and it's quite nice as well, because obviously what we've been told up to this point is that he's wasting time or he's not making the correct use of time. Mm -hmm. And then right at the very last minute, we do actually get the kind of the cinematic possible ending, don't we? Yeah. She tells him there's still time. Go and, go and crash the wedding. Go and declare your feelings. So that's what he does. He heads for the wedding and you're already as a viewer picturing that he's going to stop them at the altar or he's going to find a, a lovely meet cute with Diane while she's in a dress and she's having doubts of her own or something mm -hmm. like that. But instead he runs Speak head first. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, that kind of thing. But he just finds Todd who has never been able to express just how devastated he was to find out Bojack just left him in the lurch at yeah. the house. So he doesn't yet know that Todd knows everything about the rock opera. And Todd just brick walls him, just doesn't want him to go and speak to Diane because he just asks you know, him to stop messing with people's lives. He, mm. He's used his own difficult situation with Bojack and applied it to Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter on their behalf. He's seen them now as nice people and Bojack as the... Bojack's the villain in this story rather than the hero. And Todd has realized that and doesn't want Bojack to commit another atrocity on this like lovely day for a happy couple. It's a, it's quite a sad moment because again, they don't have the conversation. This is not a payoff that you get to see in the way that you yeah. maybe would have expected all the way back in episode three, I think it was. Television sets you up for the, the great confrontation or the great cliffhanger. And instead what we did here was we just saw a human having to deal with somebody. It's not like he can just bollock him and then have him disappear from his life forever this is something that they've got to work through together and todd is deeply affected by it i think this whole this is one of many in this episode again we've talked kind of touched on it already but like it just feels like all the times you think we're starting to see sort of the tropes of this kind of episode mm. they just break them up a little bit more because this show isn't that it's a show where actually real life is completely different to what you're seeing on tv and nine times out of ten the other things that are involved in life can get in the way. And this thing between him and Todd, which he doesn't even know is a thing yet, ultimately is the thing that will stop him from the one plan of his that he probably can actually <laughs> see through, let's be honest. Yeah. He can actually go and do this one. He's turned up, I'd say on time, but he mm -hmm. has, you know, he's as on time as he can possibly be in this scenario. And he's going to go and do it. And then Todd comes in and completely steamrolls that, which is far better than Bojack who gets in his own way for the majority of the episode. And it's a nice segue to the wedding <laughs> itself because they just get married. Yeah, They're a relatively happy couple. Diane's vows are quite sweet. She admits that she's worried that things might not be perfect forever, but to just go ahead and do it. There is no drama over the vows. It cuts immediately to the reception mm. and the wedding has gone off without a hitch because even in real life weddings where you don't know the inner thoughts or the potential turmoil of the huge decision that the bride and the groom are mm. about to make, I would say what, nine and a half times out of 10, they're going to make that decision. And they've, otherwise, why would they have been there in the first place? It's real life manifested in the form of a woman marrying a dog. Um, so they're, <laughs> they're at the wedding. and a very uh, good boy. Yeah, very good defense, boy. He's a very, a very good, good boy. boy. Diane and Bojack finally have their, their episode meet cute. 
that is the payoff to the start of the episode, but it is, of course, while Diane is now a married woman, mm -hmm. Bojack has effectively got what he wanted, but he's got it too late. And then in a pretty difficult bit of dialogue that is, in a way, just as awkward as the first bit, and again, it's that word friend, Diane says, you're a good friend. I'm really glad to know you. And she kisses him tenderly, but kisses him all the same, just on the cheek. There's a big difference between what Bojack tried to do and what she's done mm -hmm. here. Um, Bojack then says, sorry if I made things weird. And she responds, oh, they weren't that weird. And that's what breaks mm. Bojack's heart. In that moment, you sense that Bojack thought by reminding her of the first kiss, it would draw a line between what she's just done and what he did back in that car. Her undermining that and reducing it is the thing that really gets him. She was able to move past it and he now has to. And he has no choice but to. There's a weird symmetry also this bit here. When these two first meet, very way back in uh, episode one, mm. Diane is at a party of Bojack's, isn't she? She's yes, there. Yes, yeah. And then this situation is completely flipped around. Now we have Bojack, who's essentially at a party of his, albeit at his restaurant, technically mm. under his terms. <laughs> but she... But he bought to impress her. Exactly. But he's the one who's the, the guy sat out with nobody to talk to, essentially like Diane was at that party. Mm. Next thing you know, we've got the meeting. It's I, There's just a weird symmetry I kind of enjoyed about the whole thing, where she is... Those two characters, mm. where we saw them when they first met and now, are... Diane's progressed so far as a person. She's now getting married. She's very happy in this scenario. We we say even kind of giddy to a certain extent. Yeah. She like runs off saying like, I'm going to go dance with my husband. She's going to go make this she's work, like, isn't she? She's yeah. excited. She's she's obviously got different clothes. She's got the dress on. She's all very excited about it. Although she does manage to keep her jacket on for the <laughs> which I particularly liked. But other than other than all those things, like Bojack, what, where is he in comparison? Mm. Aside from having a bunch of cotton candy coming out of his mouth <laughs> by being sick, he's pretty much the same guy. It does suggest as well that there are patterns to their relationship even and their interactions, mm. even if they're coming at different times in their lives. As you say, there's been a hard switch here in where these two characters are. But yeah, it's times like this that will always pull them back together. There is, there is something to We'll find them, together. them back together no matter what. Yeah. Bojack left alone, as you say, Diane has gone to dance with her husband and uh, he turns around to find this man that we've talked about quite a lot in this episode, Vincent Adultman. Um, mm. Fascinating character. He, yeah, he's not really, Bojack explains to Vincent, who he's not really spoke to throughout the episode through a stubbornness that we will elaborate on, that in terms of the uh, peanut butter and Diane relationship, he's just not seeing it. But then he has this revelation, he just says, it's just not about me. In doing so, he opens up to Vincent and he says, and this is the this is the the dark Bojack moment. This isn't a flashback, but it might as well be one. Oh man, I had to write this down myself because it was such a good one. I was born with a leak and any goodness slowly spilled out of me and now it's all gone and I'll never get it back in me. Life is a series of closing doors. And then Vincent strokes him in with comfort with a broom. With the broom. Why with the broom, Adam Nicholas? Let's talk about Princess Carolyn in this episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't know if I'm ready now. <laughs> Three's a crowd, Michael. <laughs> Princess Carolyn, as we discussed, goes to the bar and decides not to sleep with Bojack, but to make a night of it, to live for herself. We saw her the last episode. She was at a very low ebb. She's going to try and choose happy, and she's doing it here. It's still midnight, and she's in her work clothes, so guess where she might have come from? But she's out. She's enjoying life. And uh, she finds herself in conversation with Vincent Adultman. Um, Vincent Adultman is... Three children <laughs> stood on each of the shoulders in a mac, in a trench coat, in a trench coat, with a broom for one arm and a hat, disgu- like disguising a childlike hair, wobbling, mm-hmm. speaking in a child's voice, mm-hmm. with a mannequin hand for his left arm, with a mannequin of his left arm, because we can only assume the middle child's arms are trapped within the, trapped body, in the body, keeping yeah. them stable. Um, they're probably holding on to the guy above him. Let's be honest. And Bojack Horseman, the character because he is our protagonist, is the only one in Hollywood that can see this. This is honestly, like, it's such a ridiculous gag, right? <laughs> and I think we will say that time and, we will say that time and time again with this show, but this is such an absurdly ridiculous gag. And yet, they pull it off because everyone else who isn't Bojack mm. is pretending that they just don't see things. They don't look at those things, man. He's a good person. Yeah. They see him as the person that he is. Where actually the whole thing is, it's it's faking it, isn't it? Again, mm-hmm. again, it's Hollywood, Hollywood. Somebody faking it. Somebody putting on an, uh, putting on an act and he's pulled it off. <laughs> and everybody in Hollywood, apart from Bojack, can see this. In, I can't see this, sorry. And it's incredible. Well, as, as we've learned, obviously, through our interactions with Bojack, Princess Carolyn has fallen in love with Vincent Adultman over the course oh, of the episode. God. We see them on dates, and he explains that he's into business transactions because, well, why is that? Because it's the top child that only knows a few adult words he and he's trying to words. use them to get away with Vincent it. Vincent Adultman's <laughs> adult words. <laughs> His uh, exercise in listening to Bojack at the end of the episode comes because he couldn't possibly... <laughs> hang in the conversation that Bojack has just had to, to just revisit what we've just talked about there. We're dealing with a man, it's a horse, but we're dealing with a man that has just tried to unlock a lifetime of significant depression on three children stood on each other's shoulders in a Mac. So what else are those children to do but to rub that broom against the horse's arm? And worse yet is that this is how bad it's got for Bojack is that he knows it's three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> He's the only person who knows that's true. And yet ultimately he finds himself that's the one person, and he literally opens his entire soul, bears his soul to this guy, tells him a, a deep, dark feeling from his head. <laughs> and what does he get in return? Good horsey. <laughs> nice horsey, or whatever he says. 
with the little broom stroking Bojack's face, to which he does say in fairness, oh, she feels kind of nice. Well, and Vincent Adultman is strange because he's something of a, I say he, it's three children. It's three children. each other's shoulders in a mac yeah. with a broom and a mannequin's arm. Yeah. However, he is something of a guardian angel character to the other ones because we've talked before about Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter being the same, but just life, the way that they encounter life results in everything being different for them. Mm. And Princess Carolyn and Todd have significant interactions with Vincent Dorman in this mm. episode and feel nothing but positivity, even if they are blind to the fact that he's three children on each other's shoulders. Bojack, in refusing to for the majority of the episode... Stubborn as a horse. Stubborn as a horse. Simply will not acknowledge him as anything more than these three children and is thus losing out on what he could get from it. When he finally locks in and engages into the life, even if they're just blind to it, or even if they're just not wanting to see the mm. truth of who Vincent Dalton is, when he finally just embraces this guardian angel character, he gets something from it. And he so just goes with the flow of what yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant joke. It's a wonderful character. It affords such unique interaction between Bojack and the rest of the cast because he remains the only one that will continuously pull at this very obvious logical thread that this is three children on each other's shoulders. And it, it, it's the way that he goes into so much deep. It is clearly three children <laughs> doing the little thing from Little Rascals. <laughs> it, Vincent, adult man. Vincent, adult man. Who is in business Who transactions. In business transactions. <laughs> this is remarkable and... I just hope we get plenty more of him. You'd hope so. I'd you? really like to think so. As a viewer of this show, you'd hope we get more of I would like to hope we do. Um, we'll just talk a little Three bit. lots more, you <laughs> might even say. Who knows? Something from all of them. <laughs> a little bit more on Peanut Butter and Diane, even though we obviously covered a lot of their story through Bojack's eyes. Um, Peanut Butter started his week, Monday, by being pulled over by the police for chasing a mail truck because he literally cannot help himself. The, uh, the postman goes past the police car as Peanut Butter was about to get away from getting a ticket and he speeds off after him because he's a dog. Um, he's a dog. He goes to meet Diane and uh, he's lost his license and he explains that he's going to need a driver, which is how Todd ends up getting the job as a driver. There is still throughout the week in the run-up to the wedding, which is a nice irony that plays against Bojack's evil villainy, there are lots of little cracks in the foundations of the Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter relationship to suggest that maybe this marriage isn't going to be perfect. And that's why Diane has to approach it with blind optimism rather than certain security. Mm. And if it's almost as if, if Bojack only knew some of these details, then he maybe wouldn't need to go to such daft lengths to try and break them up. We see them uh, shopping for gifts, uh, for things that they might get off the, uh, the gift registry. And um, it's just a matter of picking a, a biscuit warmer in this particular case and diane just gets stressed and wonders do we really need a biscuit warmer Will we ever need a biscuit warmer and like can't picture a future where this kind of thing matters until he paints her a picture where the biscuit warmer is creating a nice smell in the house after he's brought her, her newspaper and slippers because he's still a dog isn't he and it's all about that kind of push and pull between mr peanut butter just seeing this as a really lovely idea and diane questioning it it's uh it's interesting to think about if diane had ever expressed any of these feelings to Bojack, how he would have taken them. But obviously without the knowledge of that, he was never to be able to act on it. Mm, he was never going to be able to actually give any input whatsoever, really. And it probably would have been dangerous had he done <laughs> Indeed, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we said, uh, Peanut Butter caught Todd in the act in his house, but interviewed him and gave him the job. Todd got the job because Mr. Peanut Butter gave Todd his resume with all of his history on and then got confused when it was his experience and when it wasn't to the point where he was asking for a bit of history on his university background he did some great impressions which i'll leave you to cover shortly <laughs> fundamentally this was character stuff because mr peanut butter could only really hear what he wanted to hear 
uh, he hires Todd. And to be fair, they both seem really happy with the arrangement as we learned. A perfect the, match, really. In the Bojack discussion, Todd has just found a friend and there's no reason why he would want to turn on him. From wanting initially to break into his house with Bojack because he sees Bojack as a friend, he's kind of learned maybe a, a proper kinship yeah, rather than this forced looks like. Yeah. And uh, reciprocated as well, which is yeah. quite rare. It's just sweet to see Todd mm. get that, isn't it? Uh, so later on in the week, as we say, the uh, uh, peanut butter and Diana still planning the wedding. Uh, <laughs> all this adventure with Margaret Martindale on the bank is what brings them to uh, Thursday night where they're having their drinks because they're going to get married on Saturday mm. instead of a month, which used to be a year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we find peanut butter in the bar with Mr. Peanut with uh, Diane telling far too many stories about this wedding, uh, including one where we hear the back end of an anecdote in which he says, Erica did lose that foot, but she gained a friend. That takes the error count to six, ding, 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 I ding, do ding, believe. Ding, ding, ding. The best character in Bojack Horseman that we have yet to even meet. I, I, I do, Now, I have to float this round. I had, I said five or six. Oh, okay. I six? had six. I, I had think six, it may yeah. be six. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Which episode nine is not bad going for all there, Erica, is it? pretty good. She's doing pretty, pretty well. She's, She's doing, doing all right. Well. Um, so, yeah, as we said, there's the one moment where Peanut Butter and Todd's relationship looks like it could be compromised is actually one where it turns out that it would it would be enhanced mm. uh, where he thought at first that um, where Todd at first thought that uh, peanut butter was going to rumble him. Instead, it's he wants him to, you know, kind of help him along and reassure him that everything's going to be all right. And in doing so, they've become so close friends that uh, he offers Todd a job as his executive vice president of West Coast operations in a company called PB Living. Of course. Which basically just means he's his assistant. But, Todd has come out of this relationship very happy. He's broke good from his relationship with the dog instead of broke bad from the one he had with Bojack. Hey, I see what you're doing. Hey. So ultimately, it's only Bojack Horseman from this particular episode that has been left out in the cold. Every character, every ancillary character has begun to move on with their lives in ways that can't be negatively affected by Bojack Horseman. So he is there only to negatively affect himself. He's the only one left in that stable now because they're all flying away and doing their own thing, aren't they? <laughs> They're all getting away from him. Animal crack. Eh? Animal crack. Hey, who want to miss it? Eh? <laughs> so was that you? That's you the all, episode. That was a dense one. That was a dense one. I feel like I went on a lot. There was an no, awful lot of plot. But in fairness, there was a lot going on. And because of the way the structure of the episode was, it was always going to have a bit of, a bit of heft to it, wasn't it? Because you know, that's a lot of days of the week, Michael. There were three children stood on each other's shoulders, Nicholas. <laughs> no, there was. And they managed to pull it off quite spectacularly. And that, with all that said, let's hmm. try and do our hand at what we like to call horsing around. We've seen enough of these little boys. Let's go and find some actual <laughs> funny little Easter eggs and hidden meanings and all that sort of thing. Mm. If you have only just joined us, hello. Welcome to Podcast Horseman. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the breakdown. Now let's get into the fun parts where mm. we see all the little bits within the background, foreground, and any other ground you could possibly imagine. Uh, let's go back to the beginning and actually just a little bit from... Just a little bit further forward than the beginning. It's Sunday and we're at Bellican's Bar. We're inside. I've just written down in capital letters... Vincent Adultman, <laughs> with three exclamation marks. Can we goddamn talk because about Vincent Adultman? Christ almighty, that had me in stitches the first time I saw it. It's now about the fifth or sixth time, and it doesn't get any less funny because he's just fantastic. What a wonderful thing that mm. is. On Bojack's table, as we've seen many times while he makes these plans, we've got a bunch of things that he's put together to make the uh, the table and all the little models out of. We see little army men again, which we saw from the previous time. Mm. 
He used a salt and pepper shakers this time round. There's some doodles on a cloth, including the, the word secret across the top. <laughs> but most importantly, something I found very entertaining was just the, I think it's either cassette, cassette tape or a DVD of The Graduate. It's just, <laughs> it's just sat across the top of this. Uh, if we move to Monday and we're on the outside and I've just written there, PB chasing the mailman, lol. <laughs> because as you will see, he can't help himself but chase after the mailman in typical dog fashion. They revisit that quite they sweetly do. in they Diane's do. relationship. So she has to treat him like a dog to, like, calm him to calm him down again. Uh, we're back in the... Well, actually, so back, we're off to the coffee shop next mm-hmm. where Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter are meeting. If you notice, you will spot at the beginning of the episode, I believe it's a woodpecker who drinks a little shot of coffee at the very start of the episode, a quick little cut, and then quickly the eyes dilate and it begins to rapidly peck at the table <laughs> from all the uh, all the exertion of the coffee. Very good stuff there. A little commentary on coffee, shall we say, in mm-hmm. the background. As you'll notice, the prices across the backboard for a bunch of different kinds of coffee. You'll see that espressos, Michael, are 250 mm-hmm. You'll see that an Americano is 375 That's fair enough. You'll see... That a Mexicano mm-hmm. is slightly cheaper at three fifty <laughs> if you're buying into that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But you will notice that the special of the day on the coffee board is, of course, coffee, comma black. What? 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 And that is a whopping great deal of four pounds fifty. <laughs> so read into that what you will, coffee snobs. And there's some art in the background as well. Maybe someone can help me with this one because I couldn't quite find any. But it's a blue cityscape. It's all rather nice. And in the bottom corner is the name which you get to see slightly is M. Arigui, which is A-R-R-E-G-U-I. Now, uh, I couldn't find any actual artists or anything to go along with this, but as Michael was about to say before I so rudely cut him off. No, that was me cutting you off at Podcast Horseman. Indeed. If you want to let us know, we love getting those ones off you. Send them all across because mm. your eyes are better than ours. It would seem <laughs> Michael's really old, but I've still got it. Sometimes I just miss a few things. Uh, and then in the last little bit before we leave the coffee shop, um, Mr. Peanut Butter says as he's talking to Diane talk to me like I'm Michelle Pfeiffer in the Coolio video before he does that really awkward <laughs> attempt at swinging the chair you know the, you know how it looks yeah. the chair's facing the wrong it's way around Morris thing, you've straddled the chair like it's a horse ironically yeah. and you've sat facing and he spends ages trying to get it round really really good stuff was there a dog leg gag in that do you think quite possibly yeah. would go to Mr. Peanut Butter's house and in his office when Todd breaks in as you can see, as referenced earlier in a previous episode, the one where Bojack is with Sarah Lynn, mm. on the back wall of Mr. Peanut Butter's office is, of course, all of his fake TV awards <laughs> that he's purchased. And he's kept, he's, kept, he's kept them on, on display for everyone to see as if he's such a great little actor. But we know the truth. Mm-hmm. There's also a poster from his show, Mr. Peanut Butter's House, that just says, Mr. Peanut Butter, smooth as butter. <laughs> 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 this poster is, of course, the one you referenced that gets put over the top yes. of the uh, glass window ledge that Todd breaks, ultimately. And also, as you mentioned, when Mr. Peanut Butter is using his CV to interview Todd, mm-hmm. he talks about, obviously, on his CV, we get to find out that he has, that he does a cracking Rodney Dangerfield impression. <laughs> now, he asks Todd to do this. Todd improvises on the spot and says, hey, I'm Roger Dangerfield. <laughs> to which Mr. Peanut Butter replies, Ah, no respect indeed, which for anybody who knows Rodney Dangerfield will know, that is, of course, his catchphrase. Can't get no respect. Ah, can't get no respect. We go back to Bojack's house, and we just, that's a quick little shot outside before we go into the house, where the sheep, who we've seen before, who was the sheep gardener, who was was cutting his hedges last time we saw him, and Mm. took a bite out of his hedge after three clips of a clip. Well, this time, (laughs) we see him mowing the lawn, and as he mows the lawn, the grass 
fires away from the lawnmower <laughs> into the sheep's mouth so he gets a meal of a day that one while he's it. mowing it's, that lawn. These Flintstone animal gags. They are. They're, so, they're so simple, but they're so very good indeed. Another wonderful animal gag as well uh, is Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd are in the car taking a, I think it might be the second drive together as, mm. with, with Todd as his new driver. They go flying down the street and as they go driving past, they drive past two one person and one animal person. The animal person just so happens to be a very droopy-faced dog woman. And as they go past, the breeze from the car <laughs> whips past the dog and the tongue and the cheeks get like whooshed to the side <laughs> to which a pile of slava hits the woman next to her on the face. Absolutely brilliant it, stuff. You can feel yeah. this scene. It's she looks grim. And there's, a, there's an amazing beat just after where the woman who's had got slaver on her face is just staring forward, complete, complete <laughs> and utter despair, doesn't know what to do. There's a little shot of a bunch of shops that we go to later mm-hmm. on. And we've nicked some names, the old casual here, nicking a few names from real life. Mm-hmm. One of the shops is called Crate and Kennel, which is, of course, a reference to the American store Crate and Barrel, uh, yes. which is a similar furniture store in the nature that we're trying to get here, which obviously Peanut Butter and Diane are in trying to do their wedding bits mm. and bobs. There's also another shop called Bed Burrow and Beyond, which, of <laughs> course, is a nod to Bed Bath and Beyond. And if you look really carefully, coming away from one of the shops is one of the dogs from season one, episode two, one of the ones who's talking about how Oh, I love chocolate, but it'll literally kill me. Them again. They just keep turning up. I love the recurring characters. Yes. Yeah. We drop by, we drop into the also familiar Silver Spoon Diner where Bojack is talking to Margot Martindale. And once again, you'll see another plan of Bojack's. God, he does love his plans, doesn't he? <laughs> and this time, instead of anything else, it's just a bit of paper laid across with a few lines on it drawn and a bunch of, as you can spot them, assorted monomaly. Monopoly? Monopoly pieces that on the board, like we see the little iron, I think there's the dog yes. and all that kind of, maybe the boot as well, a bunch of, you'd recognize them. Anybody mm-hmm. who's ever played Monopoly, you will notice them. Then we go into the bank and inside the bank, we got a few things here. There's a little poster on the wall, which says, uh, which is for home loans. It says, for the price of this, and shows a picture of a tiny little snail shell. It says, you could have this with a massive big turtle shell below. <laughs> so for anybody who's looking to invest in some transportable housing, you know where you get yourself in this bank and you will get it wonderfully. The bank name is named Wales Fargo as opposed to Wells, Wells Fargo. Fargo indeed. A lovely little play on words there. And even funnier, I mean, not just funny the moment itself, when Margot Martindale is tackled by a SWAT team so abruptly in the middle of her <laughs> lovely speech, you will notice that the last one of the SWAT team is an electric eel who comes wandering in <laughs> carrying a taser. Brilliant. <laughs> because he needs it. He can power it. Well, apparently it's <laughs> keeping work and stayed separate. It's very good, that. Very good. We find ourselves back in Bellican's Bar for the... It's the rehearsal wedding dinner, I think, or the rehearsing mm. drinks or whatever it is yeah. for Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter. We get the first, I believe, of one of my favorite recurring gags in this show, which is, of course, it might not be the first, actually. It might be, it might be the second. In fact, I think it might be the second of the bad signs that we get throughout Bojack Horseman. Oh, yes. This one, of course, for, is for Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter. It reads, congrats, Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter. Peanut Butter is all one word. <laughs> and then also, you, you might notice, we've mentioned him quite frequently whenever we can. In the background of this episode, we get the return Probably the the much needed return actually because I was starting to get worried about him of the flat peak guy in the ah, cannel, yes. in the, the flat peak cap guy should I say in a flannel shirt and he's back anyway there yes. he is in the background also you'll notice our very very adult Vincent Adultman drinking his drink from a ridiculously long curly silly straw <laughs> that goes from the glass into his mouth 
hilarious stuff. Think about how tall that's got to be for how tall of a character he is. And it is <laughs> such a great gag. Obviously, Mr. Peanut Butter is in the middle of his Erica story, which takes our Eric count, as Michael believes, up to six. I think I'll go with you on six. Mm. If we're wrong, let us know at I Podcast Hortman. Get in touch. Because you're all a bit more observant than we are, I think. We go back to Bojack's house, and you will see the news on the television. You will see that on the news where Margot Martindale has been put in prison, with the headline, Margot Martin Jail, which is... That one. It was really good. It's nice and simple. <laughs> Followed swiftly by the next story to come on the news, pizza. Pizza for breakfast? The answer might surprise you. Make a hand for looking at me to, just, to say, I, and I can relate to this. I really could. And I lost my, I'm sure it's very next to you note, but I lost my you, the you, visual you, you. representation of this joke. Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Such a clever one. Uh, Todd's epiphany that kind of comes from all of this after he sees Margot Martindale. Some wonderful bits, yeah, when he's doing the kind of a beautiful mind, like head realization mm. where you see all these visuals and graphics going past. We see like sort of an atom sign with Todd's head on it where it's all coming <laughs> together and aligning and stuff like that. There's an American football landing in a basketball hoop as it goes through without touching the sides. There's a calculator that comes up in the background that just says boobies <laughs> because he's obviously done the math. There is also the cereal that he's holding is weirdly called sugar humans. Oh, very it's, good. And it's all, they're all in the shape of humans. Uh, the diagram of thought that he has on the wall, that sort of police investigation board that he's got there. There's pictures of a bunch of different things there. You can see in the top left corner is a picture of the scammer woman. I can't remember what her name is. Ayoko maybe from the episode oh, where right. Todd okay, is yeah. being mm. scammed. She's in the top left corner. Then you can see a picture of Nessie is in the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> also there, followed quickly by a picture of a UFO and then even quicker by a picture of a Bigfoot slash Yeti down <laughs> at the very bottom. And then there's just a random picture of a hot dog with some sauce on it, which could tie into it, but not as much as maybe David Boreanaz could tie into it. A picture of his head, which we've seen quite heavily in this house, funnily enough. There's a picture of Margot Martindale, a picture of Mr. Peanut Butter, a picture of the convenience store where he bought the the game from mm. inside the 10 cent bin, which is also a picture on the wall, a cassette tape, because Martin Margot Martindale is really into cassette tapes. <laughs> and finally, a picture that I couldn't quite put my finger on here. And admittedly, it's one that I've missed out on my further notes looking, but there's a picture of someone called Roni, and then you can't really make out the surname, but it sort of says MSAP at okay. the end. Roni spelled R-O-A-N-I-E, and it's a little John, John Lennon-looking character. So if anybody has a little look mm. at that and can spot that, there's a little Easter egg for you. At Podcast Horseman on Twitter or Instagram, give us your best guesses because we like them and we aren't as smart as we pretend we are sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we're just a couple of guys. <laughs> we're just two guys in a trench coat <laughs> trying to be an adult. We go back to Elephant here. And we see this is when Bojack is trying to turn up to sabotage the wedding one last time to make that big statement. As his car smashes its way <laughs> into the front of Elefante, almost taking out a giraffe, you'll notice that Bojack's, Bojack's registration plate is, whoa, boy. <laughs> <laughs> because that was quite a fitting thing, really, for it, wasn't it? And again, the, si the sign fiend is back, struck again in the same episode, no less. Congrats, Diana, Mr. Peanut Butter. Peanut Butter is one word. Don't write one word. <laughs> The sign getting even more ridiculous as it goes on. It's magic, this gag, isn't ah, it? Because it's so good. You hear it. You hear the phone conversation. Yep. The mundanity of humanity yep. rather than something big and some grand gesture. It's really great to see. Absolutely. And not far behind this, at the actual party, for any eagle-eyed viewers, you'll remember that obviously the prison 
Uh, the Hollywood D smashed into the prison and a load of prisoners escaped, mm. didn't they? They all ran away and got themselves out of freedom. Well, before all that happens, you remember that Todd, while having a conversation with an inmate, is like being told, don't worry, stick with me and it'll all be fine. Before that poor guy is stabbed to death 14 <laughs> times by a Willie Nelson looking guy yeah. who's carrying the knives. Well, for anybody who's paying attention, you will see the Willie Nelson looking criminal casually sneaking around oh. in the background of the party. He doesn't really do much, but he's trying his best, probably still on the run, let's mm. be honest. Maybe gets himself a free drink and free food. <laughs> Who knows? But we do see him in the background running around, still escaped from go. prison. Not as interested, though, or as sneaky, perhaps, as the wolf we see wearing a T-shirt that just says sheep. <laughs> because, Michael, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I like it. It's all a gag. It's all a gag. Well, that is it for all of the horsing around little parts. But, Michael... Hmm. You know what this means. It means we can get out of here, doesn't it? Means it means we can... Let's get out of here! <laughs> no, sadly not. We've still oh. got a little bit to go. Because, and I say this with... I, because I know that it's never, it's never ever the end. I always lie about this. What do you mean? But for one last time, I have just one last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. There he is. Side note, it's not one last time. It's going to happen forever, this. <laughs> uh, which is the part of the show where we find one thing that we didn't have a time to talk about in either... Uh, horsing around or in classic Bojack. Would mm. you like to go first this week? Go on then, I will do. It's oh, go on then. One of my very favourite things you must. in the show is always this comparison between Bojack and Peanut Butter. It's just that they're living the same life but living it very differently. Yes. And I thought there was a real nice nod to that early in this episode. Uh, we've talked at length about Peanut Butter offering Todd the job over a very prosperous relationship that in any other set of circumstances would have gone awfully. Todd has broken into his house and has tried to hack his laptop and he's come away with a job. Peanut Butter is the loveliest of men. But how does he frame this, this meeting? He shouts, destiny. It was destiny that something has worked out this way because he's so stupid and Todd's so sweet that only only destiny could have brought them two together. At the exact same point, his avatar on the negative timeline of life that is Bojack Horseman is experiencing his own destiny. Peanut Butter gets a driver, Bojack's body hits the top of a car and smashes it to pieces. Yeah. They are still living that identical life. They are still, they are still finding and facing their destiny, but Peanut Butters is getting a driver and a new best friend. Bojack is losing his best friend and smashing his body pieces on a car. It's such a tiny little thing, that. But <laughs> Had to be a car. But it, but also, is, is that not a bigger commentary there? Like, you get Bojack, he's spending ages trying to jump over this wall. Mm. He's trying to get over the yeah. hurdle, over the hurdle, over the hurdle. And what's waiting for him on the other side? Just pain. Like, pain, <laughs> misery, and ultimately, real sadness. <laughs> Like, it just, it, it's always going to happen. If that's not an allegory for the whole show that's at this it, point, yeah. then I don't know what is. Well, my little one for this week kind of is going to drop in to take reference from the title okay. of this week's episode. Because as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, this episode, or this week's episode rather, season one, episode nine, is called Horse Majeure. Now, for anybody else, might have just thought, oh, that sounds like manure. <laughs> well, you might be right, but also it seems to tie in with another thing. For anybody who knows, the, the phrasing force majeure, Michael. Okay. What does that mean, Adam Nicholas? Well, let me tell you, Michael. Tell me in, Adam Nicholas. It basically, if you were to go on Google and you were to type in force majeure, you will find that it will tell you that it is the unforeseeable circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract or the irresistible compulsion or superior strength. Those are the two we're given on. Oh, I like that. Now, pull them out of your hat, Michael, and put them, apply them to this week's episode. Oh. And it's just. You know, I'm all for this. I was all for this when Breaking Bad did it and they started playing with the, the titles of their episodes and yeah. making them mean more. And this feels like the beginning of what could potentially be, well, we've seen it a few times now, but th that extra layer of, especially the um, 
especially the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The definition of unforeseeable circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract. You could probably apply that to so many characters in this episode. Mostly you probably look at like Bojack trying to trying to prevent the wedding, mm. but ultimately stopping himself. He the, the, the unforeseen things that actually get, that he doesn't see coming because he's so blindly trying to stop. He's trying to be the force majeure for someone yeah. else. And ultimately a force majeure stops him from his own thing. It's, it's such a clever little entwine in that. On a very broad level as well, it's pretty much the reason why we're doing this podcast. It's pretty much because it, isn't it? you read a title and you think that they've just said, oh, we're going to make a horse joke, whether yep. it be horse manure or because horse rhymes with force. And there's nothing more to it than that. It's the same response that a lot of people give you. Oh, that talking horse show, that just that cartoon horse. It's so much bigger than that. There is always so much more meaning beyond oh, it's yes. just a horse. It, this isn't just wordplay. It's so much more. This show isn't just a talking horse show. It's so, so it's much more. It's not your 30 minute sitcom. It's going to end happily ever after. Yeah, it is completely different. I could do with one of them after one of these. I know. Tell me about it. It's one of those where you can just have a break now and just welcome more. Well, I'll tell you what, why not have a break and let's do some shilling, shall we? Yeah, why not? Why not? As Go we on. always do at this stage of the episode. As always, on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow this podcast at Podcast Horseman. Be sure to send us all your thoughts on this week's episode and indeed any other episodes that you've enjoyed over the last few weeks and months. We are soldiering on and continuing this podcast and we're trying to grow everything. We're trying to build the community as always. Lovely to speak to everybody on the socials. We really enjoy that. You can also follow either of your hosts on the socials as we stated before. You can follow me at It's Adam Nicholas or you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow along on Spotify. You can listen on Acast. You can listen on Podbean. You can find it embedded in the tweets. We'd love you to leave us a, a five-star review. You hear this on every podcast you ever listen to but it's because it's really important it helps the algorithm it fiddles it it makes us appear further up in charts it's so that other people can find it and then you can talk to your friends about it talk about the show and you can all talk yourself horse about a talking horse which is what tg whitehead did as they have become hey. the latest inductee into our hollywood talk of fame for those that might not be aware if you leave us a five-star review you may find yourself a new member of the talk of fame you'll get your very own talk of fame star that'll appear on our socials on instagram and twitter hang on you mean you get a reward for doing a, a five-star review listen what would we be if we didn't you know exactly. we can't just beg they have to get something nice that's and that, that's what tgy and will because they've been really really nice to us they've said hooray a bojack horseman podcast such a great in-depth review about each episode and great at picking out all the intricate details of one of the best finely tuned shows couldn't agree more also the best theme tune of a podcast out there as well hooray question mark praise praise we love that hey and that's great because you sang the whole thing well, that's what I heard. Hey, well, I, I mean, your wonderful tones on that whole thing. I can certainly pick Michael up... Michael Hamflit. I can pick up harmonies. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, no, thank you very much, TJ Whitehead. We'll, uh, TG Whitehead, excuse me. We'll, uh, we'll get your Hollywood Talk of Fame star out there on the socials any day now. And again, anyone else that wants to leave the five-star review can do, and you could be a future inductee. Absolutely. Well... Let's move quickly on the next week's episode. Mm. And let's begin with a bit. No, I'm only joking. Let's just quickly do <laughs> the synopsis for next week. I can't give you everything. You're going to have to wait until the next episode. I know, I know, it's hard. You love us. It's fine. <laughs> this next week's episode is season one, episode 10, One Trick Pony. Bojack shoots a movie at Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Diane finishes her book. So Oof. what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Find out next week on Podcast Horseman. Anyway, with that all said, I've been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamflitz. And this has indeed, as always, been Podcast Horseman. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.